Have you ever said to yourself, I don't have enough time. I am so overwhelmed. I need more clarity. I don't know how to do this. My to-do list is miles long. I'm exhausted. There's got to be a better way. Hi there, I'm Brad. And I'm Manette. Not only have we said all these things ourselves, but we've heard our community of creative entrepreneurs say them over and over again. That's why we created the Structure and Flow podcast. I'm Structure. And I'm Flo. And this is the Productivity Podcast for Creative Entrepreneurs. We believe that doing more and working harder are not the solution to your productivity challenges. We believe in more play, more fun, and more profit. Join us as we explore the interplay between structure and flow so that we can bring more grace and ease to your creative business. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Structure and Flow, the productivity podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Dr. Minette Riordan here with my awesome hubby. Still waking up. Still waking up. It's like 11.15. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, not enough coffee yet. So this is Brad Dobson. He didn't share his name, but this is my business partner and husband, Brad. And we're going to bring you a little bit different topic today than anything we've covered before. So I'm super excited to welcome and say hello to Bonnie Shea. Bonnie, thanks for joining us today. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. We're going to have some fun and share some good uh, advice. Yeah, because what Bonnie does is help people organize their digital photos. And it's so funny that we're having this topic because last time my son was home, I actually had him on my computer trying to figure out what to do with all the tons of images that I use on a regular basis on my business. And it also got me thinking about, well, I have even more photos in my personal collection. I have 19 and 17, we have 19 and 17-year-old children. And so there's been a lot of photos over the years. And there was um, a moment in time where I was a big Creative Memories fan and using printed photos. And then there was suddenly a shift to, oh, I can just take pictures with my phone or my digital SLR, and now they're just kind of all sitting around. So we're going to be talking about digital photo management today. And before we get there, Bonnie, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey, because this isn't what you've always done. So tell us a little bit about where you've been and where you're going. Okay, so um, I feel like there's people in this world who dream of being an entrepreneur. That's just something they're born with. It's just something that they always have. Um, you know, on the back burner, if not the front burner right away. I was never one of those people. I was sort of a safe playing conservative type, um, indicative of going to my first job out of college was with Arthur Anderson and Company, one of the big eight consulting firms. Um, And I was in systems, computer systems, basically in consulting. Um, But then I um, met my now former husband, but we were married for 20 years and he's a professional photographer. And so when I met him, I was sort of in between. I'd left Arthur Anderson um, looking for something new. I actually went to art school to do something creative, shall I say. Um, And then when we met, he needed help in his business because he's an artist and not organized. And I'm the business side of things. And so I went into business with him even before we were married. So I became sort of a, a... Related to an entrepreneur, I didn't consider myself the entrepreneur. It was sort of his business, although he always said it was our business. He never felt like it was he, you know, his. But anyways, I wasn't on the front lines. I was behind the scenes. I was doing all the business and operations. I was telling people stories with photos through their events, you know, bar and bat mitzvahs, weddings, and that sort of. 
So it was photo, photo organizing of a sort back then, but I was not the entrepreneur. Then when we went set our separate ways, I needed to become something new because it was his business. And I decided to become a general organizer because all my life, people always said, you're so organized. You're so organized. <laughs> and I do believe, I'll say it here on the air, I think medical research is going to find the organizing gene on our DNA someday. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's I, not one of mine. That is not in my DNA. <laughs> well, and I find, minute to your point, I find you either have it or you don't. I mean, yes, there's a range, but there's a very clear distinction. So anyways... Um, I went into general organizing and so I became an entrepreneur just sort of by circumstance, not desire. And I thought I was happy back being behind the scenes, working in my nightgown most days because our kids took a bus to school. So I didn't even have to take them to school. But when I became an entrepreneur of my own business, it was like the world just opened up. So I'm all for being an entrepreneur and loving it and realizing my, my life is that much more rich. The first general organizing client that I worked with, we discovered in our travels through her home, going room by room, we discovered that closet filled of photos and videos and discs and flash drives and scrapbooks and you name it, you know, that whole sure. collection. And she said, can you help me with this? And I said, by golly, I just, you know, ran a 20, 20 year photo business and I have an organizing genes. So what a good combination, but those experience and the wiring. And that's how a specialty was born. Last fall, after 10 years of general organizing, I let go of the general organizing and switched to full-time photo organizing because it is such a need out in the world. And I do handle, today we're doing digital, but I do a lot of print photo collections because mm-hmm. people have those boxes and boxes of, you know, collections they Slides either and print. or inherited. Yeah. So, um, and you'll appreciate this. We're in the sandwich generation. I know out there in the world, sandwich generation is aging parents and young children at the same time. Yep. In my photo organizing world, it's the people that are sandwiched between the physical photo mess and the digital photo mess. Yeah, definitely. So we've got mess. all the mess is what you're saying. <laughs> and I don't say mess judgmentally. It's, it's just what it is. So yeah. it's a double whammy. So I just love getting my clients um, reconnected with their memories, whether they're digital or printed, and getting them back in their lives want to make them shareable and enjoyable and manageable, safe and secure, because technology, we know, um, crashes and fails you. So it's really connecting people with their memories, their stories, and making sure they have a legacy to leave to their kids and grandkids. So I love that. That's such an inspiring cool story. story. And I love the the shift from the behind the scenes, I'm not an entrepreneur, to really stepping wholeheartedly into, wow, this is amazing. I love being an entrepreneur. Yep. Well, and, and the, the neat part of the story too, is that there's um, this, I, don't know, I guess, gradual um, embracing of niche. And so, Hey, this is what I'm good at. I can do this. Yeah. And then, Oh, and this is the specialty within that, that I, that I'm good at and, and embracing that and, and uh, having success because of it. Um, that's that's a really cool thing and it's it's important for people to remember that we have a tendency to uh to get on the train and and then forget that there's other other routes we could take (laughs) yeah yeah for sure I think that you know those of you that are listening to the show might be resonating with Bonnie's story maybe you didn't think you were going to be an entrepreneur and you ended up there 
But that fine tuning, I think it's something that we've been working on a lot this year in our own business is making sure that we're fully integrating our gifts and talents into our business. And so I love your recognition of those aha moments and insights into that bigger picture of what you could do down to know this is what I'm truly called to do. Right. Can I just, this might resonate with your, your listeners as well. So with Arthur Anderson, I was in a very conservative environment. It was a very male dominant environment. And I felt like I had to look male, act male, you know, be, you know, not so nice. I couldn't, I couldn't show my femininity there. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like being an entrepreneur and find my calling and something that I love doing, I can be authentic. I can be really who I am and all of my strengths, feminine or otherwise, can be, um, you know, being a mother and all that just really comes to what I do with my clients, which is help to tell their story. So it's very freeing in terms of choosing this kind of path. I love that. Well, let's um, let's dive right into what the heck is photo management and photo organizing? Maybe give us a little context and where do you help people start organizing the physical mess and the digital mess? So, um, you know, clients, let's say I have a client that brings me in and they have both messes. Um, I basically say, which one do you want to start on or which would give you the most relief if we got started on it? And some people, or what is the easiest? I sometimes say what's easy, because if you think about this, these clients think of their picture collection as a huge mountain. Mm-hmm. It's a huge mountain. They don't know how to climb it. They don't have the equipment to climb it. It might they actually be a physical mountain. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and it's just overwhelming, and they're stuck, just like anybody stuck in any situation. So what I suggest is let's chunk it up. So some people like to start with the printed because it's more tangible and it's easier if they're not technology savvy. Others say, no, I'm in my prime picture taking years. I have kids age six, eight, and 10. I'm getting new digital pictures every day and it's just the mountain is just growing. So in those kind of cases, I often work on the digital mess first because we want to get them caught up with the backlog and then get them going forward with a system and a process mm-hmm. so they never get back to that being stuck place again. Um, overarching principle for any collection is quality over quantity. And we know specifically in the digital world that we all have thousands and thousands gone are the days where you had a roll of 24 pictures that lasted you a month and a half, you know, a day doesn't go by with most people these days without taking a picture digitally. So I always want to tell people, let's focus on quality over quantity, because even if you perfectly organize 30,000 pictures on your Mac computer. Holy cow, I probably have that many. That's kind of scary to think about. That's a big number. Big number. And the numbers are just astronomical. So I really want people to think, you know, let's tell your story the best of the best. Yes, you could take 10 shots of that group shot because you could, and you wanted to be, make sure you got it, but you don't need to keep all 10 or 100 or whatever. Right. That's a going in principle that I talk about. Um, do you want me to speak more to the business side of things? Should we jump into some of that? Yeah, we're definitely interested. Like for us personally, um, we have the the mountain to overcome with personal memories, but then we have this whole other set of mountain range <laughs> um, of digital assets. Um, so things we've we've downloaded for um, for paid assets, uh, stock photography, and that type of thing, and. Uh, stuff we've created, stuff that's... All the photos of my art that are getting shared on right, social media. Stuff that's up uh, 
up on the website. So, you know, WordPress hosted stuff, other stuff that's scattered over multiple computers. So yeah, the whole concept, I, I dove into digital asset management a little bit and found some tools that I could use, but, uh, I don't know that we ever got on top of it. So it's definitely of interest to us. And I think it's, this is going to be true for a lot of folks out there, especially ones that are in the creative industry, graphic design. Yeah. Or heavily engaged with social media where they're, they're making social media posts. Right. Right. So let me give you the general flow of a project that I think will help people sort of the, the basic steps. The first step, and this goes for physical or digital, is you want to pull everything together in one place. You want to centralize your collection. Brad, you just mentioned old computers. People have old computers, old phones, disks, old external hard drives. We've all accumulated these digital assets. And really, the only way you can really manage a project of this sort is you have to get your hands around it. You have to say, okay, I can see it all. Now let's go. So I typically would get an external hard drive, a large one, like a two terabyte one, and start collecting everything on that one drive. So get it off computers and phones and disks and flash drives. I even found a floppy drive, a floppy disk in one of my <laughs> clients' homes the other day and had to take it to a special guy to have them read it. I think um, I still got a couple of those floating around yeah, somewhere. Right. right. And you centralize it so that you at least have it. And most people are going to have duplicates. That's just sort of the nature of the beast because you've downloaded stuff multiple times or to be sure you had it, you copied it. And that's, that's um, a, you know, a problem. So you centralize everything and then we typically want to deduplicate. And I'm not going to get into real technical di- details sure. here because there's different stuff on the PC versus the Mac side. But just yeah. to tell your listeners, there are software programs out there. Most of them are free, if not minimally cost that will help you dedupe your collection. So you don't have to be looking at oh, every wow. one and comparing their software. Um, and if we want to use an addendum to this podcast, I can send you some ideas. And sure, we can, that would be great because we'll just list them in the show notes for people. Yeah, like a resource guide. Yeah. Um, so that's harnessing the computer's power to help you find the duplicates. And you can find exact duplicates or similar. They're, they're very powerful computer programs. So let's say you've deduped. So you've gotten out, you know, the... Um, so for instance, I had a client that we centralized 43,000 digital images. Wow. We deduped it and took away 15,000. And then we want to get to editing, right? I said quality over quantity. We want to go through and let go of memories that just aren't telling the story or they're redundant or not well composed. And for this client, we took another 9,000 of those photos out. And it still I still leaves a lot of photos. <laughs> Yes, for this client, it left 19,000 photos. Wow. Um, and, you know, there's different ways to organize them when, once you have them. Um, the beauty of digital is that if all of your devices, like cameras and phones, had the right date set on them, they're automatically chronologically ordered without you doing any further work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we typically like to have people get access points to their collection. So two ways of giving access points. So let's just talk about a generic photo management system, whether it's Apple Photos or Windows Photo Gallery or any number of the platforms. Um, You have them and you could organize them in two ways, chronologically. So like if you want stuff like by year or by date, you can build some albums, you can build some, you know, folders, however you want to do it to access it that way. What I think comes into play, especially with your creative um, listeners, is topic oftentimes. Category is more meaningful. Yeah. So let me step back one moment, Minette and Brad. 
I try to analogize to a digital collection. You have a filing system of papers, right? Mm-hmm. We all have filing systems of our paid bills, of our insurance policies, whatever. Think of your photo collection as a filing system. You want to access your pictures in certain ways. And I have people think about how do they want to access these photos. So, for instance, if you have some of your painting images, are you going to want to um, access them by the media they were created in or the year or the subject or any number of ways? Or do you just want one big bucket of all your artwork? Very similar to a file system. You have a hanging file that might be a broad category of insurance policies. And then you have interior folders of life, disability, health, whatever. So we can play with that kind of hierarchy in a photo collection, depending on how you want to access your photos. So I'm hoping that analogy might help people think, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it does for sure. So when I think about the stock photography downloads, it was one of the things I was asking my son because they download with a number, not with a label, Right and actually, they have the labels built into the files. They have the now they do. They do, they didn't always, but now you know you. I couldn't search for like lady celebrating, right or right idea light bulb or things that I know I've downloaded. I was having trouble accessing and finding them for reuse in other media, and so it makes sense to understand. And I love the analogy of the hanging file with the individual file folders. It makes a ton of sense. Right. And I want to mention that um, there's not one size fits all answer to this question of how do you organize digital. It's a very personal thing, um, depending on how your mind works. You know, just like a closet. Uh, Some people want a closet organized this way. No, I want it by color. No, I want it by this. So I want to give people permission to dig into how their mind works to make the best system for them. What works for Johnny down the street may not work for you. Mm -hmm. So Um, and there's two ways that you can officially organize. We can organize them physically. So I can now actually build computer files and do them physically. If that's how your mind works best, you can go to a specific bucket. Other people say, no, I want to use search. Just like you go on Google and you search for a red purse. If you want to buy a red purse. Well, if you want to find a picture of a red purse and you tag and keyword stuff, you can do it that way. So once again, there's two different approaches depending on your needs, your how your mind thinks. But you could so do are this. you physically doing this work for your clients where you're creating the buckets or doing the tagging, like you're going through all of the photos? Yes, wow. correct. Yep. That's intensive. That's intensive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really so what's the well, that, that's, that's why people... Uh, Sorry to interrupt. That's, yeah. what, that's why people are scared of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is a big mountain. <laughs> it does. But I'm curious, what's the, the joy that you get out of doing this? The joy is, well, I'm a detective at heart, and I'm a jigsaw puzzler doer at heart. And all of these projects involve some you know, method of um, detective work, especially on the printed photos. If they don't have dates, you have to look at you know, faces and Oh, baby teeth or, or big teeth or bangs or no bangs. I mean, all sorts. Or look at the furniture in the room. Oh, that was their house on, you know, Rockwell, not their house on Green Bay. So that is my wiring. And also, I like to just make things neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. So to take this big mess and I analogize it to like a big knotted ball of yarn. Yeah. You have all these pictures and you have, until you start unraveling it, you don't really know what you have. Um, and the essence, so that's my personal gratification of the doing. 
But the purposeful gratification is I'm helping people tell their story, mm. right? On this mm. personal side, especially. And on the business side, I may be giving them tools to do what they do better so that they can do what they want to do instead of being stuck with their digital collection. I love that. And I, I had a flashback to a, an Oprah magazine where she had, you know, hairstyles and clothes through the generations. And personally, that's fun to see as well, right? It's like the classic high school photo of Ooh. you with a giant hair or with hair. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and just seeing through the ages, right? It's like the the evolution that we've all been through. And I think about, so most summers we go to Nova Scotia where Brad's family has cottages on the coast. So, you know, I have 15 years probably, and Connor's 19, 19 years sure. of summer photos from this one place or from my mom's house in Colorado. And it's that sense of duplicate and delete and focus on quality or focus on timelines. Like even in our business, seeing that evolution of who we were in the beginning to who we become, like it just makes so much so much sense to be able to to see the stories. And I'm such a huge fan of the visual anyway. And so tell me a little bit more about telling the story piece and why this gets you excited. Well, you know, I'm probably of the age where I see life is fleeting and I have kids of my own and and I've lost my parents and, you know, you just see the, the, the world. And I think we're in a place where we really want to connect with people, you know, and, and pull ourselves in tighter in community. And so telling a story, it's helping you know where you came from and then it's helping the next generation know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you get a sense more of who you are by researching on where you came from. Yeah. Um, and I guess I find that I work with a lot of people who are in adjunct professions where storytelling is helpful. So like, especially in my, obviously my profession. So I work with genealogy experts. All they do day in, day out is do genealogy. Um, I have people who, you know, are in genetic testing, you know, in medical. Well, that's a different slice of the story, but it's all part of the story. And um you know, therapists, they're helping people dig back in their story and people going through transition and people losing people. It's all times where you sort of want to reconnect with your, um, your story. It's, it's, it gives you sort of a reason for being, um, and, and it's learning, right? It's learning from people. And I want to share an exciting thing. This is sort of adjunct to everything we're talking about, but I have to share it because it's a personal recent story. Um, I did, I, have you guys had your DNA tested? Not yet, but it's on the list. To Ancestry.com or um, 23andMe. And I did Ancestry.com because I was more interested in meeting people who I might not know were on my family tree. 23andMe is more about genetics and health Mm -hmm. genetics. Anyways, make a long story short, through this process, I found a second cousin that I never knew I had. Our grandmothers are our sisters. There were 11 siblings. And it all gets tied into what I do because... I was able to go through digitized movies that I had of my family because I'm in the industry and I found a minute clip of me meeting my new co- this cousin's parents, grandparents out in California before he was born. That's wow. funny. Because this dance on this one minute clip that I found that I digitized is his mom and dad walking into the scene and his mom is pregnant with him. Oh. He was born three months later. <laughs> that, so, that, 
That's story. That's story for you. Yeah. You can't script this stuff. So it just, I was so thrilled that it happened to me because I'm, as you can see, I'm really excited about it. And this is the kind of excitement in different degrees that my clients get when they reconnect with something they forgot they had Mm -hmm. or go, you know, beyond and dig up genealogy and find relatives that they didn't know and go to a reunion that they would have never gone to before because they now connected. So one of my uh, clients recently found she had a half brother. Yeah. Through a cousin that did the ancestry DNA, and yeah, it's, I mean, just amazing, amazing right. stories. And she just feels like she has this family that she never knew she had. And she took her mom, and they went and they met him, and it was just like this amazing journey. That's very cool. It's really. Right. I love that it's all about. It all comes out of this trait of organizing and being organized, and actually going through all of those things. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked on the show about how to organize things before and how to organize your time effectively. And so I'm curious, you know, when, why don't people organize their photo collections? Well, don't you know? I think there's a couple of reasons. Don't organize yours. (laughs) Well, but in iPhoto, they're they're chronological. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty easy to search chronologically, right? I think people have had sort of, and I'm not, nothing I say is judgmental, but I think people have had sort of a, initially a false sense of security thinking, oh, well, everything's on the computer. It's there. It's organized. We're good. It's chronological. It's not taking up a lot of space, right? Because it's on my computer. It's not like it's filling closets and attics and basements. Yeah. Um, But then I think people have reached a point where they can't find photos when they need them. Like if their child comes home from school and says, mom, I need a picture of such and such and they can't find it. Um, or a hard drive crashes, you know, something tragic happens. Um, or like they'll be on their phone and wanting to show their new grandchild to somebody and they just, you know, they're flipping, flipping and they can't find it and they give up. Um, but to also let me swing around and say, it also wastes time. Right? Because if you can't find something, it's like you can't find a file in your filing system, it's wasting time. And if we want to swing back to the entrepreneurial world that you're um, interested in, it's wasting time that's precious time if you can't find something you're looking at, especially if your world is very dependent on, on images. So you ask me, why don't people do it? I think it's because um, they had a false sense of security. Now I think it's just overwhelming. They don't know um, what to do. It's a big problem. It's not like it's a little thing that they have to solve. It's now a huge mountain. And people are still nervous about technology. You know, certain generations still are like, they know enough to to get by, but they don't really know the answers. And there's not one size fits all answer. In the Mm -hmm. olden days, you decided what color album you wanted to put your photos in and maybe frame it to, you know, on the wall. Now it's like, well, should I go PC? Should I go Mac? Should I go this or go it? And it's, it's paralyzing. It really is. It's really important. I'd like to reiterate what you mentioned about uh, people having a false sense of security, um, especially with the digital stuff. I mean, I I worked in software for many years and uh, you don't have the security you think you have. And so there's a reason that, you know, people are older, people are are nervous about technology, but they, there's some, uh, there's some good reasoning behind that. So if you have a closet full of physical photos, you're pretty much only going to lose those in a tornado, a fire, or a a flood. And those things happen, but, you know, to a certain extent, they're predictable. Um, There are many, many other ways you could lose those photos if they're all on a hard drive. Yeah. Um, We actually lost a whole 
number of years off one of my old Macs. Yeah, probably. I have a few years of kid photos that just disappeared somehow. And, I'm sure I clicked something I wasn't supposed to and poof, they and, were gone. And so, um, you know, and it, this is true for your, for your business assets as well. Um, you know, digital business assets, digital software, things like that. It's super important that you have backups of these things and you, you, um, if you have them organized, you're not trying to, um, you're not trying to fill up multiple terabyte disks worth of extra photos that you don't really need. Um, but yeah, the ability to uh, have those things organized in one place actually means that you can make, take a backup and take it offsite. You know, you, you mail that external drive to your, your brother across the country and then, uh, and you have a little bit of assurance that you haven't lost that stuff. <laughs> and it was one of my curious questions, and this is true for both personal or business related. Do you recommend that people store things in the cloud or physical drives? All of the yes. above. So let this <laughs> like you now to share the, the industry standard. This is not my personal standard, but our industry standard. And believe it or not, there's the Association of Personal Photo Organizers out there. We have our own association annual conferences, because if you think about it, we're really in a pioneer field, right? You know, especially because technology is so involved. But our rule of thumb that's easy to remember is three, two, one. Three different copies of your photos, at least two different media, so not two external hard drives or not two this or that, because you want to sort of, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, and then at least one off-site. So for example, um, my backup system here personally is I have everything on my uh, laptop in my office. I have um, an external hard drive that I have hooked up to it that's mirror, it's doing my whole computer um, every day. Um, I also use Backblaze. Some people use Carbonite. That's an off-site um, cloud service that's doing it nonstop. I don't even have to do anything. And so I have three here on my computer, external hard drive, and then a cloud-based um, and then I think I even have some in Dropbox, like some really critical pieces. So I know some people get a little squirrely about putting stuff in the cloud, but you got to have something off-site because if anything should happen to my house and everything's all my backups are in the house, I'm out of luck. So, Bonnie, this has been so helpful both for us as entrepreneurs trying to digi digitize and organize our online stuff, as well as parents with, you know, adult, almost adult kids trying to organize a lifetime of photos. Yep. So it's so, so helpful. Where can people go to learn more about you and the work that you're doing? So my website is mariposaphotoorganizing.com. Those of you who took high school Spanish might know that mariposa is butterfly. Oh, um, so you can reach me there. And then I also want to throw out, since your listeners are all over the country and I may not be convenient to your clients, um, the Association of Personal Photo Organizers, that's APPO.org, I believe. Um, you can go and find a photo organizer near you if there's right. someone that you want. And there are some people that specialize working with businesses mm -hmm. or working with families, you know, a lot of specialties. So if you really are um, motivated to get some help. There's plenty of help out there for you. That's so cool. It's such such a great resource. So again, that's mariposaphotoorganizing.com. And you can go check out Bonnie's work and what she's up to. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for your time today. Thank you, Bonnie. It's truly been a fascinating conversation because it's not something I'm thinking about, but something that's really useful. Right. Exactly. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
All right, everybody, we'll see you on the next episode of Structure and Flow. And remember, if you've got questions about organizing or productivity, come hang out with us on Facebook in the Productivity for Creative Business Owners Facebook group. We'd love to see you over there. Thanks for listening to Structure and Flow, the productivity podcast for creative entrepreneurs. To find out more about this episode and others, go to pathtoprofitacademy.com and click on the podcast link. 